Welcome to the Get the Knack podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Knack, and I'm coming to you from the Get the Knack podcast studio here in Ocean Shores, Washington. And I'm joined by my very, very good friend, one of my closest friends, all the way from Kansas City. He is a disc jockey. He's big in the nonprofit world, so he's doing a lot of good in the world, and he's also a bit of a Twitter provocateur. His name is Doug Anderson. Doug, welcome to the program. Jerry, thank you for having me, my friend, and I would be remiss if I didn't wish you a happy belated Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Well, I would say you're welcome, but that always feels a little weird, so I will say thank you for remembering, and, and thank you <laughs> thank you for, for acknowledging. How's that? Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because you and I, one of the things that we have in common is that we have worked as disc jockeys, right? So... Um, my experience was in Armed Forces Radio uh, in Keflavik, Iceland, and you have been a, a rock and roll disc jockey in Kansas City. So, you know, among all the other things that we've bonded over as friends over the years, you know, that's something we've always had in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was I, funny, a friend of mine uh, who, uh, you know, covered sports in the Bay Area, in the San Francisco Bay Area for years and years and years, put up a photo today of a cart rack and i I told him he i needed a trigger warning (laughs) what are those yeah right (laughs) right (laughs) today i got i yeah that was um so i i I went to college actually i was going to community college because you know i had the whole there's a program here that i don't know if they have it over there in your side of the world where um and my parents were all for it because it was free community college. If I had good grades in high school, if I did community service and volunteer hours and stuff called the A plus program funded by the Missouri lottery of all things. So, um, I think my class was like one of the first ones to do it in the state. Uh, my graduating class, you know, statewide that year. So my parents were all in on it and that was cool. Cause you know, whatever. So I got to stay home for a couple more years and then keep working part time. So, you know, whatever I enjoyed it. So, um, I started working part time, during community college, um, working in radio. And then I ended up getting, like I interned and I got hired and then, um, ended up finishing my degree at a, at a, at a, I guess a normal university, whatever, to get my bachelor's. And I, I mean, at the time I really couldn't care less of my bachelor's degree. Cause I was already working in radio. Like I thought I made it right. And 16 years later, it's like, Oh, holy cow. I'm glad I did something else with my life. But, um, <laughs> well, I, after they Graduate replaced college. you, uh, after they replaced you with canned programming, exactly. So, graduate college, uh, and I was ready to, to try this radio thing full time because that was my life. That was my goal. That was what I was always going to want to do. And um, going back to the carts, um, my my full time job was in Waterloo, Iowa, at Rock One Hundred Eight, um, very old school heritage station. Been on the been on the air for decades, and uh, you talk about a culture shock. Um, you know, living in the Midwest my whole life, but going from Kansas City to Waterloo, Iowa, um, walking in and seeing the the the, the floor to ceiling carpeting, which doubled as the soundproof, um, the soundproofing, but also the 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 the, the floor to ceiling rack of carts on the wall, and I'm like, what is this shit? Like, what did I walk my what did I what did I get myself into here? We got to explain um, what a cart is, though. The, the way I like to describe it is a, it's a single track, eight track. Yeah. 
right? So, so and, they look like eight tracks, and you recorded. I don't need hell. You could record several minutes on some of these things, and we used to just record thirty second and sixty second spots on them. Yeah, that's so we we were still using them at the time when I moved up there. Um, they were starting to get finally make it all digital, which you know I think that's across the board now. But at the time, they were we we played our commercials off of them, so. Um, the songs were all digital, but the commercials were on these carts and you're just, you're literally, you're, you're jockeying, you're, 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 you're fiddling with these carts four to five minutes at a time trying to play when we had two cart players and you're just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, I didn't sign up for this garbage. Um, <laughs> we had two so of everything. Talking about the, the, the trigger warning. I'm glad I didn't see that picture. Cause I would have like, you know, Oh, the, uh, the PTSD flashbacks I, I of, just of messing with that. carts and, and market two fifty. In, in the year 2007. So um, that's my experience with cars. And, and yeah, um, oh my God, I'm glad I didn't see that picture. Oof. Well, we had two of everything in, in our studio. We had two cart machines, we had two CD players, and we had two turntables. And then in the, the other studio, we had two reel to reel. So we had two of everything. And, and, you know, I remember, I don't know how many times I cut my fingers trying to splice <laughs> reel to reel tape. Right. But before, before we get too deep into music and radio and, and all that stuff, which I really, really want to talk to you about, because, you know, that's the other thing that, uh, that we have a shared love of, uh, of a lot of the similar uh, music taste, but, uh, gotta, gotta tell the, tell the listeners how we met in the first place, because I think this is a, a really unique story. Um, I always believe that people get put into your path in life uh, for a reason. And uh, when I was working for the Raiders and one of my jobs was uh, running social media feeds and platforms, I came across your wife on Twitter. And mm-hmm. and uh, who... Uh, she, had her, she, had, she got her shirt on, right? I think, is that... Yeah, and she was tweeting okay. up a storm about the Raiders, <laughs> right? And you guys weren't even married yet. So... Um, so the funny thing was we were heading to Kansas city and we decided as, as a social media team to reach out to her. And then I start seeing tweets from this guy who goes by tiny Stonehenge and <laughs> tiny Stonehenge on Twitter has no filter really, which is kind of interesting. Um, so we reached out to Amy, your, your, your lovely wife. And, and, uh, we're like, yeah, we want to, we want to meet you and, you know, see you in the parking lot, come to the tailgate. And, uh, she's like, no, that's our anniversary that weekend. So no. Um, so I think it was the next year, my coworker and I, we, we, we finally got to meet you guys in person and me, you and Amy became fast friends and, and have been pals ever since. Every time I would go to Kansas city, you guys would, would come meet me at the hotel. We'd go out to eat at Jack Stack and, uh, and have a great time there. You guys introduced me to, to Gates. We went to Q39. We went to all these, these fantastic, great restaurants. And, and the last time, um, I think it was the last time. might have been the time before that. But, you know, one of the cool things I got to do is we went to Boulevard Brewery and, <clears throat> and got free beer because I named my, my book after one of their beers. <laughs> So, you know, that's the only reason why you named it the dark truth. I exactly. Mean, Cause I wanted, I wanted the free beer. Absolutely. But you know, we got to go to some great museums and, and have a good time. And, and, uh, you know, I really got to see Kansas city, but, but the, the awesome thing about this whole thing is, you know, all the places I've been, obviously I made friends through work, but I never made friends with anybody in my 20 year career, the way I met you guys. It, it oh, just, yeah. 
it's to me it's like serendipity it's yeah i mean credit my wife for for doing that i she i got lucky i mean i've lived in kansas city my whole life except for the four years i was in iowa uh doing the radio thing but I uh, just born and born and raised a Raiders fan, and I, I just a family thing. Like I just brainwashed as a kid, and it's always been silver and black. And um, I, I lucked out because her her, her family's not they're not really big football people, um, so I didn't have to do much converting to her uh, converting her to the to the Raiders from the Chiefs because she was never really a Chiefs fan. She couldn't give a crap really about anything besides. I mean, we're we're big Royals fans, but. She's just, you know, her, her dad, her mom, just they're just not football people. So it was an easy transition for her. And she's just, uh, I don't know, I, we would, <laughs> uh, we, we, so we were dating when I was in Iowa, when I was up there for four years. We did the long, the long distance thing for, for four years and obviously made it work because we're married now with a little girl. And, um, but we would just be on the phone all the time. Just And I, I, I don't even know how we would get on these topics and play these stupid games, but we would she would <laughs> she was a very good student we would I, I would rattle off like a like a football like like a, like an, uh, an old-time Raiders player like having long and she'd be like Villanova I'm like okay and then uh that was just she <laughs> she she it's like word association to, yeah yeah she learned to, Sebastian Janikowski Florida State she would learn she just she learned to love the Raiders um which I think was just I mean it just it, it just made it easy and and uh so she was I think she got on Twitter before I did. I was kind of late in it because the radio station was, oh, uh, I mean, they, they, they wanted us to have the big social media profiles and I was already doing Facebook. I'm like, what the hell is this Twitter thing? And, you know, now look at it. Right. Um, but she was always big on it. She followed the players and she would tweet them and stuff. And then obviously she would tag you, you know, the Raiders handle. And then, and then there you are on the, the guys behind the screen and, that's how it all began. It was just her. I think it was always when you guys were coming to town or when the chiefs were going out to Oakland, um, she would tweet every player like individually. And she would say something different to each player um, about, you know, being pumped up for the game or being, you know, a Raiders fan in Kansas city, or we bleed in silver and black in KC Raider nation, blah, blah. Um, and it caught her attention, man. And it was just the coolest thing when you reached out and said, you know, let's meet up. And it was, uh, I, well, I can tell you today cause it was our, one of our anniversaries. It was October 26th. Um, that year, what it what 2012, maybe 2013. I think somewhere, Carson Palmer, somewhere in there, yeah. I think Palmer was the quarterback at the time, so yeah. Um, but we had a we had you know anniversary plans, so then the next year we met up finally, and yeah, man, it's just been um, one of the best friendships we've ever had. I mean, we, we it's like you said, it was just it's people are brought into each other's lives for a reason, or there's a special situation as to how people are introduced into one another's lives. And we're just happy that it, that it's you, man. You know, we, we, we love being friends with you and your family. Absolutely. And you know, it's kind of funny is you're, you're, I don't know how you do it, you know, with anybody else, you know, but you're one of the few people that, that we trade cards with. Nobody sends cards anymore, but, but she's old you know. school. She sends, yeah. she's, she, she'll write handwritten notes and, and thank it. you cards and birthday notes and, and, and Christmas cards and, yeah, it's she's we're old school, man. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. And and even though you are a bit younger than I am, you know, you do have that old school sensibility and 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 a lot of old school tastes. And you know, again, you know, we could we could wax philosophical about friendship for another you know four hours. But um, let's talk about some other stuff. <laughs> uh, no, but but no, I cherish our friendship. And uh, and again, you know, it's uh, it's about you know people 
uh, walking into your path and, and, uh, it's always to me, it's always for, for a reason. Right. So, um, I hate the fact that I don't get to Kansas city on a regular basis anymore. And, and, you know, we used to do the annual Christmas tree photo at union station, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which was fantastic. We, we would do that every year. Um, you know, look, I don't think I've ever had anybody send me or get, you know, pick me up Irish whiskey just because. So, you know, when the, when the Pogues, one of our favorite, favorite bands came out mm-hmm. with their own, um, uh, came out with their own Irish whiskey. You had to, to get me a, get me a fifth, which was absolutely wonderful. Um, but we gotta, we gotta tell the story of the last time uh, we saw each other. Right. Cause we made a big deal out of this and uh, you know, it was going to be two nights. It was going to be two nights of, of food and booze and, and partying and having a good time. And you know, if I remember right, you got a hotel room and uh, we yeah. Ubered everywhere and, uh, and you, you we went, we went for a steak dinner at the Hereford house. Right. <laughs> and you know, as, as much as, as much as, you know, I'm engaged in conversation with you and my book had just come out. And, uh, so we're talking about my, my first book and, and you know, that I'm signing it for you. And, and, you know, we're, we're sitting there, we're having steak and everything else. You know, one of the things about being a writer is you, you gotta be observant. You got to see what's going on around you. And we happen to notice something crazy going on at a table next to us. And you had a young couple. Dude was dressed like a dime store cowboy. He had his cowboy hat and his belt buckle and everything else. And he's sitting there with his young lady. And uh, you could tell the date was going south in a hurry. I got a I, – I, I, I love Kansas City to death. Except I love everything about Kansas City except for the Chiefs. Um, I, I, a close second is – I mean, I – we are in the Midwest, all right. We're we're a great plain city, but I also feel there's a big city feel to it as well. Um, you know, the country meets the city in Kansas City, right? And I have a problem when people don't dress accordingly to maybe situations <laughs> or uh, follow certain maybe just you know restaurant dress code etiquette. And um, she, I, I, I could. <laughs> I'm laughing about this again. I just can't help but laugh uncontrollably when I think about this night. Um, yeah, we're sitting there. We're, we're a few drinks in. We're having a hell of a time with stories and good food and, and talking about everything that we always talk about. And, and it was just tough to not notice the <laughs> horrible, bad, blind or first date going on. And she looked like a normal young woman, dressed nice, uh, you know, dressed Dress appropriately for perhaps a night on the town. Uh, this gentleman. Uh, looked <laughs> you, like he, you use the term loosely. This gentleman looked like he just uh, came from the livestock auction in Kingsville, Missouri. Um, <laughs> in the middle of the freaking state. <laughs> so I, he probably still had cow shit on his boots. I don't know. Probably. But he, he, had, he had the boots and he, I mean, he was he wore that cowboy hat all night. He never took it off. No, right? we didn't. That's, and that was the thing because every time Amy, your wife and I, we talk about this like via text, it, it's always the joke about the cowboy hat. It's always the, the, it's, the hat. Well, I, and I think we saw then cause there was a way to get in. And I remember we were sitting at the bar up front before we got to the, to the booth to eat. I think they were kind of in the waiting area too. And this guy just stuck out like a sore thumb. Cause we're yeah, in a, yeah. We're in the we're in the city, man. You know, we're in the the suburb part. We're in the, on the Kansas side here, but um, a, a, a place where you wouldn't see a guy that just got off the farm. Yeah, we're not um, a Texas roadhouse. 
we're not stepping on peanuts here. Yeah, exactly. um, this is a decent restaurant, right? And and it was just like <laughs> even for the, the the Kansas City it was like this. Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Like, come on. Um, but and then he, just, but, but he left the poor girl there. This it, you couldn't help but notice, and I I mean I don't think we were the only ones that that noticed it either. No. I think that, like that entire side of the of the of the building noticed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they said maybe five words to each other the entire time. And remember, he got up and left. I don't he think they disappeared. They did for like meet. twenty, thirty minutes, yeah, and, and we're like, did he? Did he leave her? Did he stand her up? Like, what? What did he do here? Yeah, and and they didn't eat. I don't. I don't remember <laughs> that they got food. And and then, so we we finished our meal and we paid a check and we go we we go get the Uber and the motherfucker's sitting in his pickup truck in a parking lot. His girl is at the table in a booth crying her eyes out and this this dime store dumbass cowboy is sitting in his truck. Now you can tell he doesn't know what what to do or whatever. And what was so funny was we're on our way back to the hotel and our Uber driver gets a ping. And we're like, "Oh, star-crossed. He's going to go pick up the girl. Watch, they're going to get married." <laughs> we were uh we, i think we were chuck woolery that night there might have been yeah. a love connection yeah yeah absolutely we were we were kind of like dime store tinder on the drive back we we're trying to set the guy up <laughs> uh, well, well i think our waitress was waiting that table too right and i think she yeah. was she, even she didn't know what was going on i think she the waitress like bought the girl a drink because it was bad it was terrible. I felt so bad for that terrible. young lady. I really did. And, and I've never seen anything I, uh, like it in my life. So lesson learned. I think if you're going to go out on a first date, I mean, you just don't, you don't wear a cowboy hat. I mean, if you do, maybe you take it off. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's the rule, right? No, no cowboy hat. You'd be, you'd be I think go. this though, this, this though, this might've been before farmers only.com. Oh, Jesus. Um, Hey, new sponsor every podcast, Jerry, farmersonly.com. Yeah, thanks. That's what I, that's all, uh, that's all I need. So I, I, I think that was before his time, but um, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, it was, it was very little, awkward. It was a little late in the season for the state fair, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I felt not, so bad not, not for good. Because every, every other time we, we, you know, we got together in Kansas City, it was, you know, we were, usually it was, it was mind numbingly cold and, and, you know, we'd, we'd walk over from, uh, God, what was it? The, the crown center, right. Or whatever it was. And, yeah. and we, the, the God awful, you know, walkway, we'd freeze to death to get over to, to oh, Jack stack. Yeah. And, you know, we'd either have a, you know, a, a scotch or two, a martini or whatever. And then we'd have our burn ends and our, our uh, fantastic onion rings. And, you know, but, but, I'd never seen anything, and and you know as as many restaurants as I've eaten in in my life, I've never seen anything like that. It, it was it was unbelievable what that guy did to that poor young lady, just left her ass there. Yeah, you couldn't help but feel bad for it. It was it was awkward, and um, I think didn't I didn't didn't we offer to pay for her food, but not for the guys because I said I fucking hate cowboy hats. Yeah, that what yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. <so> funny. <laughs> Oh, let's uh, let's get back to talking about some music in uh, in the state of radio and and some things that are going on. I don't know if you saw, but uh, um, one of the uh, one of the grooviest places in L.A. the uh, the absor- the Griffith Observatory is going to be hosting uh, a, an Adele concert that's going to air on CBS. I could do without the fucking Oprah interview that that's accompanying this mess, but um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but the the venue itself is you know to to be outside the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles, you know, above the LA Basin. Uh, yeah, I could think of few places better to have a concert, especially somebody with a voice like Adele. Yeah, that would be very cool. Um, I didn't even know about this. When when is this? I want to say it's like the seventeenth. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up really soon. And it's like a CBS event. It's only going to air on CBS. Of course, CBS Mornings and Gail King won't shut the fuck up about it. Um, but uh, but the thing of it is, you know, Adele uh, Adele's one of those artists now that you know she pops up, she disappears for a few years, she pops back yeah. up and and does something epic, and then disappears mm-hmm. again. And now now she's yeah. on one of these epic upswings. And uh, so we got that coming up. We get the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions that, that just happened, and that's going to air uh, on television soon. I'm not sure what streaming service du jour is going to going to carry that. I think that's on HBO or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. It might be HBO yeah. Max. Yeah. yeah. And what kills yeah. me is they don't air any of it live. You got to wait until it, it comes out on on whatever. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about it because the 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 breadth of the the artists that uh, that went in this time is is staggering. You have Tina Turner, Carol King, the Go Go's, which I'm partial to, uh, Jay Z, the Foo Fighters, Todd Rundgren, and and Kraftwerk, uh, and then you know LL Cool J is going in uh, with a Musical Excellence Award, and of course you know I'm sure you're you're thrilled about Randy Rhodes going in, the metalhead that you are, um, you know so. Uh, I talked to my friend Chris Ingalls uh, last week and he writes for pop matters and he's forgotten more about music than, than I'll ever know. But, you know, just first of all, as a music fan, a disc jockey, you know, what are your thoughts on the rock and roll hall of fame? And what are your thoughts on, on the, the variety of uh, artists that are going in this time? Yeah. I, I feel like everybody likes to use them as the punching bag. <clears throat> I mean, music is subjective, right? There is no, greatest best it's it's art right you can't you can't rank art um people want to make kind of poke fun at the name you know rock and roll hall of fame like tina turner is that rock and roll you know um but i think to me rock and roll is it's 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 almost a lifestyle i think it's it's there's a little bit of um how did these artists break the mold how did they change the landscape of music, you know, what's their musical legacy. And I think that to me, that's what rock and roll means. Like what do they do to change the overall landscape of, of music? And I think when you look at LL Cool J, of course, you know, when you think, of course that's, he's not a rock artist, but he's definitely got this, did a lot for hip hop, man. Right. I mean, he did a lot to bring it mainstream. And I had a colleague uh, years ago, refer to him as, <laughs> as the black Elvis. And he's, kind of got a point there you know he 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 was kind of the first big i think r&b hip-hop artist i mean i, I could be wrong on that but he's one of the first uh, solo acts right because everybody, everybody else was like a group right because run dmc yeah. was three guys and beastie boys were three guys even even mm-hmm. later on in the 90s when you look at like eric b and uh and, and rakim and and people like that but um you know, Public Enemy was more than one guy. A lot of the yeah. a lot of the the hip hop artists that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was more than one guy. And I think yeah, I think right. you're right, 100 percent with LL being being one guy. Um, and he toured with those guys, right? He toured with with Run DMC and the Beastie Boys, and you know mm-hmm. all of those different groups, Grandmaster Flash, and and that kind of thing back in the day in the 80s. So 
But I think you're right. I think you're onto something. And that's something that, that Chris and I talked about last last week on the show was that what's that musical legacy, right? And mm-hmm. and I think I think you know when we talk about rock and roll, you you know we kind of look at the word metal, right? If somebody does something like super hardcore, just in life, you're like, wow, that's metal, right? Right. 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 So same thing with rock and roll, right? If you're living this this fuck you screw the man, I'm doing whatever I want lifestyle in, in, in bucking trends. And, and, you know, like, like in the, the case of the, the go-go's or even Carol King, if you want to go back even further, you know, you have women in the, in the, in, in the music industry that change the game, you know, the Linda Ronstadt's of the world, right. The Joan Jets and, and even before that, um, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, the Ricky Lee Joneses of the world and people like that, um, and I'm I'm missing a, a lot of names there from the '60s, but there are a lot of women in rock and roll that changed the change the game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jay Z. I mean, these. Uh, if you're, <laughs> I, I I don't know much about Jay Z, obviously, um, but I mean, if you want to talk about a guy that's changed the landscape and and made a completely change the industry of hip-hop music i mean you can't think of anybody but jay-z i mean that guy's at the top of the list right um foo fighters i think are so well deserved um such a phenomenal band my god just uh still carrying that torch of old school rock and roll uh of of phenomenal balls to the wall live shows and making it fun um the thing about the food fighters I love the most, man, they don't take themselves seriously at all. And, and you can't do that in rock and roll. Um, Dave Grohl, I think, doesn't get enough credit. I and mean, he gets a lot of it, but I think I still don't think he gets enough credit for everything he's done in his career. So it's very cool to see the food fighters. Um, Randy Rhodes. Uh, it's, it, this is like the 40th anniversary of Blizzard of Oz. And you talk about a guy that, where would Ozzy be without Randy Rhodes? Um, so, uh, very cool to kind of start to see some more for, for the crowd that is, that wants to see more rock and roll in the rock and roll hall of fame. And this is, this is a good year for that with the Foo Fighters and Manny Rhodes. And even Todd Rundgren too, because Todd, yeah. not, not only, you know, was a, a great, you know, musician and performer, but you know, he, he produced a lot of these albums, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was the guy at the at the console. He was the guy who who made a lot of these sounds. He did a lot of Patty Smith. He did. I, I can't even you know go go into the guy's catalog uh, without spending you know another hour. Um, you know, for me, it's like you know to see Kraftwerk get mm-hmm. get the credit there because you know how much I love '80s techno, right? So um, if it, if it's not for Kraftwerk, there's no New Order. There's no Depeche Mode. There's there's no Bronski beat. There's no, you know, this, this stuff doesn't exist. And, and for me, Kraftwerk uh, going in as an early influence award makes a lot of sense. So, uh, you know, one of the things, again, the, the people, and, and Chris and I, again, talked about this last week, talking about hip hop, does it belong well, you've got Public Enemy, you get the Beastie Boys, you got a, you got a bunch of other hip hop groups in there. Again, how how much more rock and roll do you need to be mm-hmm. than you know thumbing your nose at the establishment and doing it your own way, and and basically creating a whole new genre and a whole new art form? 
I mean, uh, yeah, going back to that, that's that's rock and roll. That's, you know, quote metal, right? That's doing something different, thumbing your nose at the establishment. And that's what they did. Run DMC, LL Cool J, Beastie Boys. I mean, um, those guys were the pioneers of that stuff, and and rightfully so. And then, and I'm glad they get their place in the in the in the Hall of Fame. I I don't know, still call it Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You can't get away by calling it you know the Music Hall of Fame or Pop Music Hall of Fame. Then he just I don't know. He, that's that's a that's you, a wormhole. You don't want to go down, but it's, you used the perfect word, and it was legacy, right? So yeah, you know the the thing of it is you can't measure this by album sales. You can't measure it by concert ticket sales. Right. So it's legacy, it's impact. It's, it's all of those things. Um, you know, what kind of, how much influence did they have on the people that came after them? I think, and that's legacy. That's, that's huge. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, because without craft work, you don't have the bands I mentioned without, uh, LL Cool J and the Beastie Boys and no Jay Z without LL Cool J. Exactly <laughs> right. You wouldn't have obviously you wouldn't have Foo Fighters without Nirvana, and that's a, a tragic thing in in and of itself, right? And I live up the up the road from where Kurt Cobain grew up in Aberdeen, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know because because to be a good show host, I have to I have to do this part. You're listening to the Get the Knack podcast with your host Jerry Knack, and I'm joined by. Dish jockey, nonprofit, uh, do-gooder, and uh, Twitter provocateur, my good friend Doug Anderson. Um, the thing about it, Doug, I think, you know, over the years, and you've seen it and I've seen it, is be- the measurement tools have changed, right? We used to read Billboard magazine, and we used to read and listen to the American Top 40 and, and all these things. But now, you know, streaming and and things like uh, Pandora and Spotify and all these different different things have changed the way people listen to music. So it, it's even more important that you can't measure impact based on sales. You just can't. How could you nowadays? Too many outlets to get to, to, to hear the music nowadays. Um, I mean, <laughs> too many digital. There's just there's just no way you you can't. That's not that's a horrible way to judge success in this era of of, of <laughs> in 2021. You can't go by album sales anymore. There's no way. No, and I can't tell you how much music I listen to just by dialing up a, a playlist on YouTube. Right. Yeah. So there's that there's, you know, I mean, there's, there's Apple, uh, iTunes and, and downloads that way. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't know how billboard magazine has kept up with it all these years and, and, you know, trying to, trying to figure out, you know, who the most popular this, that, or the other thing is, but when it comes to the rock and roll hall of fame, we're back to legacy. We're back to impact. We're back to all of that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about how the industry has changed, right? You came into it a little, little later than I did. My father was a disc jockey in the 1960s and, you know, he, he did, he did sports, he did news, he he played music, he did all those things. And, uh, you know, from, from then to now, it's, it's almost a completely different industry. I commuted for 12 years, right? At least an hour in the car each way. And if I didn't have Sirius XM satellite radio, I probably would have driven off the Altamont Pass. (laughs) Because ter- because of terrestrial radio, right? And and the funny thing is, living here in Ocean Shores, Washington, we have a local station called KOSW, the Sound of the Shores. And what's funny is, 
it's it's a probably a lot like that Iowa station you worked for. It's very similar to the AFRTS station I worked for, and and there was a station in the in the San Francisco Bay Area I used to listen to, uh, KKIQ. Um, it's almost like a family atmosphere right a family radio station it's it's you know it's it's your 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 aunt betty is spinning tunes at noon right um mm-hmm. but i listen to it and and they 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 program it it's not all rock and roll all the time it's they do some country they do some motown they do some rock and roll they do all kinds of different formats it really reminds me of armed forces radio but but just let's let's talk for a minute about just how much it's changed over the years I don't envy my program director on how he chooses, uh, like, you know, new music to play. Uh, what we do at the at 98.9 here in Kansas City on The Rock, um, we're an active rock station, heavy on the Metallicas, heavy on the Pearl Jam and Aerosmith. Um, newer bands, Corn, Disturbed. Jeez, um, I... You know, going back to what you said, how, how do people, how do you ingest new music nowadays? Where do you get it from? I think people still tune into the radio, to local radio, to free radio, to hear newer stuff. But what, what's that criteria that gets it on the radio? Um, <laughs> and I, I tried a little bit of programming in my time, man, and it's 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 a tough it's a tough nut to crack. It's a moving target. You do look at the charts. You look at what other stations are doing, but I, how how it's tracked with, uh, not the rating system, but um, maybe it is Billboard or I'm I'm not thinking of the right because the rating here. system's about gone out the window, right? I mean, you know, yeah. I, how 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 radio stations or how these labels or artists or whatever how they're tracking plays they're 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 finding a way to track everything and it's streams it's downloads i think i think it's more downloads and streams if anything i think that might be the indicator of, of success in this day and age is album that you know which is like album sales but it's album downloads but um it's changed so much and i mean we started talking about carts right so yeah it's you know the technology in and of itself has changed so much uh i mean do you have a turntable in your in your studio that's you know um (laughs) i have one here at home um you know but i inherited my father's vinyl collection so i have all this this great music on vinyl so uh you know i want to be able to listen to it and you know i'm trying to get my my 15 year old into into vinyl and and we we got him the uh the billy eilish uh recent uh you know, double album that came out and, you know, uh, it's not the 180 gram pressing sounds fantastic. And, you know, I, I've purchased some, uh, joy division in, in new order, 180 gram pressings and, you know, but when I used to host vintage vinyl rock, and then also when I, when I used to do the after midnight show, we used to program our shows with impunity. Um, and and the after midnight show we had we had carte blanche to almost do whatever we wanted. The only rule was we had to play requests, but we programmed that station like it was a college station. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know it's I, so tight nowadays, but that that's just the way it is. And I, uh, I'm I'm hitting on a lot of topics here. I'm trying to answer your question, but I can't find the right answer, Jerry. I. I, I yeah, I know there's, there's not I a lot it. of. Uh, I mean, uh, newer bands aren't going to sell albums. You can, I mean, 
if you're if you're if your name's not Metallica, you're not selling millions of albums nowadays. Like these these older bands that have been established for decades, those are the ones that when they put out new music, they're still they're still selling tons, going platinum. And then you have a band like Greta Van Fleet, that's a newer rock band. Um, that's doing quite well. They're on SNL. They've got a good following. I think their method of getting music out is putting out uh, EPs. They're not doing really full-length stuff. And I think a lot of these newer bands are moving away from the full-length albums. They're they're doing the, the four, five, six-song albums, right? And um, that's kind of the trend that I've been noticing. I think that's mm. been the trend for a while, that it's, um, at least for rock music, I think it's tough for these baby bands, these newer bands to put out a full length stuff because that's just not the audience nowadays. Unless you um, have some sort of marketing arm behind you, like baby metal out of Japan does. Right. Uh, exactly. I mean, that's a phenomenon. That's not just a band. That's a, that's a, yeah. th- it's a manufactured thing with a huge marketing arm behind it. Now, granted, they put out some really, really good music that totally thrashes, but mm-hmm. it, but it's a construct. So, <sighs> You know, when you no, you you hit on something really, really interesting. Right, album rock doesn't exist anymore. No, right. So that was that was the thing that we grew up on. It was so funny. I was at this this uh, uh, you know vintage music store in in Hoquiam, Washington, and you know the guy the guy had you know Motley Crue shout at the devil, and I'm like, I had that album. I, I, you know, and I actually brought it with me to Washington and I had to throw it away because it, it broke in transit, but I had it. I still had it, yeah. you know, and, but, but this concept of album rock just doesn't exist. Even, even Billie Eilish, the, the two disc set, there's not as many songs on it as there would have been say 30 years ago. Isn't that crazy? Is it, is it, it's like we four don't have or the five fans that we don't, have, you know, that nobody had, we live in the the, the world of Twitter where it's, you know, 140 characters or less or um why is that i don't that's that's a that's an interesting question and it's not like the songs are short right i mean so yeah. you know the sh- songs are still between three and five minutes it's not like they're two and a half minute you know pop hits from the 60s that you'd see on american bandstand it's you know this this stuff is is lengthy and it's meaningful and it's deep and it's rich and full of emotion i just don't you know but there's like four or five songs per per album and I, I i don't quite understand that it's good stuff it sounds great um it's a little overproduced if you ask me but that's that's my personal opinion um you know so it it really is interesting because i because i look at this wall of cds i have and, and cassette tapes and and that kind of thing and you know i know you're you're old school like i am in that regard and it, it's just yeah, it's it's really interesting. But going back to you know how we used to program our, our radio stations, you know the good thing was programming the way we did it. I learned about a lot of different bands and a lot of different music that way. Especially doing the the, the vintage vinyl rock, I I would have never heard of Blackfoot as long as I lived if it wasn't for that show. And when somebody requested Train Train. And it's got the longest ramp in the history of ramps. <laughs> and it's a ramp you don't want to talk over. No. And, you know, you hear that and you go and go on YouTube and go find a live version of that song. And it's absolutely freaking phenomenal. I learned so much about music. Just, you know, trying to find different things to listen to that and play 
that weren't commercial, right? I mean, the underground mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I like about the radio station here in, in Ocean Shores. They do, yeah, they play a lot of the, you know, stuff that was that was hot in the 60s, 70s, 80s. But they do play a lot of stuff you've never heard before. And I really like that. That's why I would go buy, that's why you would buy albums. Because you wanted to hear the songs so much you, you didn't hear on the radio all the time. Like, um, you'd hear all the singles on the radio. But to me, the best part about buying an album back in the day was, what are the other eight, nine, ten songs on this album? You know, like I, that's the stuff I wanted to hear. I was so sick of the stuff I heard on the radio as a kid because you hear it all the time. And to me, the draw of buying an album with these older bands back in the day was hearing the whole damn thing like that. that and I still do. I still skip over stuff that I've heard thousands of times because I want to listen to the stuff I haven't heard as much. And I, I uh, newer bands face such an uphill battle um, like it, back in the day when we went to concerts pre COVID, um, I think the last two concerts we went to, uh, we saw kiss. And then the next week we saw Metallica. It was a pretty, pretty, pretty badass span of seven days. Kiss didn't have an opening band. They had a painter from America's got talent. He was the opening act, like a guy that painted like these murals, like and he would talk to the crowd. Like nobody gave a shit. Right. Like, <laughs> It was. I think he was on like he was on one of those shows. It was America's Got Talent or not, it was some something. But he would talk while he was painting. I mean, hell, he did a good job. But it's like, but Howie Mandel liked him, so that's yeah. all that matters, right? I mean, the hottest band in the world, right? Like they could bring on any opening band, any young baby band in the world, and really give them a kick in the butt and and, and elevate them. Who wouldn't want to open for Kiss? And they had a fucking painter opening up, right? And then the week after, we saw Metallica, and it was Jim Brewer, the comedian. Oh, Jesus. He was the opening act. And you had two of arguably the biggest bands in rock and roll, Kiss and Metallica, and they could have had anybody. I mean, it it didn't have to be a younger band. It could have been anybody. Shit, it could have been Shinedown or something, an established radio-friendly band that's been around for 15-plus years, or you could have got a, a, a baby band like Greta Van Fleet or something, but no, they chose a fucking painter and a and Jim Brewer as an opening act, and I'm like, man, that was a missed opportunity, and, and I, I... I'll give you an example. I, no, you're, at, you're 100% right, Doug, because when the last time I saw the Go-Go's live was at the Fox Theater in Oakland, and there was a, a female punk band called Potty Mouth, that opened for them and potty mouth, you know, one of the things that they, they talk about and, and I follow them on Twitter and, and Instagram and whatnot um, that they talked about was what an opportunity that was, especially since the go-go's had come from the punk scene in the first place. Right. So they, they got it. They understood it to give this yeah. opportunity to this young female punk band to open for them on that tour. They, the opportunity for them was, was unbelievable. The exposure they got just from that. And you know what? They made a fan out of me. I had never heard of them until that night. But after that, I'm looking them up. I'm listening to their their music. I'm watching their videos on YouTube. So like you said, it's a missed opportunity to give give, uh, exposure to these these up-and-coming bands. Yeah, it's... And you wonder what the logic is behind that, because why would a band like Kiss or Metallica be worried about a, ba- uh, a, a another band upstaging them? You can't. It's impossible. No, not at all. Uh, 
So, but I just, I, hmm. I mean, <laughs> unless they think of like, uh, you know, if we bring on a hailstorm or, or, or Godsmack or, oh, nobody's really going to care. Or, uh, I, mean, I just, I was just really, the only two concerts I think I've been to where there was a non-musical opening act. I mean, I've, that's I've gone to shows where there's just the headliner. Um, and that's, that's different. You know, if you're going like a smaller club or something, but but uh, two bands, two huge bands within a week's time, no a non musical opening act, and I I was just like I, I told my friend because uh, I got him tickets, we were sitting next to each other, and he's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> he's a fucking painter, dude. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I, good for the painter. I don't know if he sold his things. He was painting Kiss. Of course he was. He was of course painting. he was the four kiss members before the kiss concert before kiss came out. So well, we uh, had a guy at the Raider games would come out and paint, you know, shit before a game. And I remember he, that. Yeah. But he, yeah. But he'd do it in like 10 minutes and it was like freaking brilliant. Right. And then he'd, they'd, they'd auction it off and it'd be for charity mm-hmm. and all this other shit. Um, it's funny. You mentioned Hailstorm. Uh, Hailstorm is touring with Evanescence right now. So uh, I actually wouldn't mind seeing that show as long as Hailstorm doesn't do any fucking country music that, you know, I know Hailstorm uh, is near and dear to uh, your wife, Amy's heart. Um, You know, uh, I miss the misery is one of the greatest freaking uh, tracks by any indie band I've ever freaking heard. Um, You know, it's interesting when you, when you look at, these different uh, like opening acts and stuff. I go all the way back to the boathouse in Virginia beach. When I saw the dead milkman in concert, a group called the left wing fascist open whose album did I buy afterwards? I had to go get the left wing fascist. They were doing songs like uh, I drive a Yugo. No one's ugly after 2 AM. You know, I'm, I'm stunned that this band didn't like hit it big after that. And, you know, we end up with, with groups like, uh, uh, sublime, but you know, uh, left wing yeah. fascist was as good as any small venue band as there was in, in the early nineties. Um, and, uh, but I would have never been exposed to this group had I not gone to that, sh- the dead milkman show. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the, the bands that don't take advantage of that. I really don't. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea. I, I, I think that the, the headliner probably has a lot to do with that. Um, but man, if, if ah, whatever, I mean, I mean, if you had a chance to, I mean, you think that these artists would want to help each other out, but maybe you just get to a certain point when you're on the level of a kiss and Metallica, you just don't care anymore. Um, but then I see like Metallica now they're doing these kind of one-off shows in stadiums and they've, they've got Trivium opening up for the day they played in Florida last weekend. Trivium is a pretty, pretty damn good band. They've been around for a while though. Uh, but they're kind of the a, a smaller metal band that probably benefited a lot from opening up for Metallica, you know. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I I go on to Kiss, and that was actually the first, and uh, probably the only time I've ever seen Kiss, believe it or not. But um, I didn't know. I, I didn't do my homework. I mean, I used all the promo stuff. You didn't know who the opener was. They made no announcement of it. You're like, Oh, it's probably just a, a local band or somebody. No, it's a freaking painter. The guy painting the, the, the star tile, you know, and on a, on a huge canvas in 10 minutes and talking about how, 
Kiss is the greatest, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh my God, this is, this is so. Self-promotional. Not, not rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not metal. <laughs> it's not metal at all. And then, whew. <laughs> And, oh, I know. and then old Paul Stanley starts singing. And you're like, who, who kicked him in the nuts? And then, uh, well, and they, like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm at a kiss show. So they start doing uh, all the music from their solo albums from the late seventies. And you know, uh, that they wrapped around destroyer. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's freaking hilarious. But you know, it's, it's interesting because you know, who are the up and coming rock and metal bands, right? Because you know, it's, it's one thing with pop radio and, and pop music, right? Because all that stuff hits the mainstream. And, you know, I think there's like six or seven groups out there that are making all the music. Um, and then it's really difficult to discover some of this other stuff. It, and, you know, unless you're listening to a hardcore rock station. But here's, here's, here's the dilemma, Doug, when you really think about it. The old school rock stations that were a thing 15, 20 years ago where they're putting photos of, you know, your favorite babe of the week and all this other stuff. A lot of that stuff is is passe these days. It's not politically correct anymore. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff that those stations were doing to attract attention is, you know, in today's society, not acceptable anymore. So how are... That's a good point. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, even you look at some of the like the Bay Area stations, uh, you know, there was a rock station called The Bone. I can't remember the call letters or the the dial yeah. number. But, you know, uh -huh. you know, you go to their website because for a minute they were airing Raider games. Um, you go to their website and it was like, you know, vote for your favorite, you know, hot babe of the week and this, that and the other mm -hmm. thing. And, and you know, in today's today's world that those things aren't, you know, objectification and that kind of thing that was prevalent in in that subculture just doesn't yeah. it's not done anymore that's hilarious you mentioned the babe of the day or the babe of the week because we used to do that too on on the hell both i mean it just it was kind of the it was expected of the rock crowd to have a babe of the week and and those bikinis were got got smaller and smaller by the day and uh and then all of a sudden they were gone um <laughs> funny you mentioned that because they kind of took it away, and I, I'm looking at the website right now, like, shit, they did take it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, but I, I'm not wrong here, right? I mean, you know, the the, you know, it, it's, listen, there's there's so much. Radio is never going to be how it was when when you were doing it. I I, I got in it late. Um, the company I worked for in Iowa was was small, local, family owned. Um. I, they were, I mean, there was no, no big company running it. Now there's so many big companies running. I mean, radio is all corporate radio. Um, Intercom became Odyssey. That's who owns 98.9 The Rock now. Uh, and they own, you know, what, hundreds of stations across the country. I think they're probably the owners of The Bone in San Fran. Um, I think that's the same company. I, I could be wrong on that, but. Well, um, and, you know, what is it? Is it uh, Cumulus? Uh, there's. <laughs> There's there's a few right. There's like two or three or four, um, you know that that own a shit ton of stations. Odyssey, Cumulus, uh, Clear Channel is now called like iHeartMedia. Those are the okay. three big ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you look, uh, all the Odyssey stations, man, all their websites look the same, um, which is fine. I mean, I get it. Like, maybe yeah, you're gonna sacrifice the character or maybe the 
some of the I, I don't know some some of the the beauty or the magic or the the personality of a of a standalone website. But I get it, man. Like it's company, like it's corporate radio, and everything looks the same because they've got one or two people doing everything. Um, and that's just the way it is nowadays. And I think some of the programming has gotten actually maybe a little bit better. Um, I think corporate radio has gotten a little bit better with the programming in, in the last few years. I think they've kind of loosened the, the reins a little bit and let some of the local guys program it, you know, because um, I, I know what, what, what will be played here in Kansas City is probably not getting played in L.A. or New York or Miami. Um so well you're lucky you have internet so <laughs> right uh well i mean if it's not a windy day or raining i think that's we're pretty good um or if the farmer and the cowboy head doesn't dig too deep i think we're we're okay with with our yeah, with our internet uh cables our, our fiber but here <laughs> here's the thing though doug when you think about it when when i was coming up in it you had charlie tuna you had Casey Kasem. You even eventually and yeah. had Shadow Stevens, right? And then I, we all grew up on Dick Clark, right? The only fucking guy we got now is is the ass clown from American Idol, Ryan Seacrest, yeah. oh, yeah. right? He so, does everything. He's everywhere. Yeah. So where's the the next Wolfman Jack? Where are these these great radio voices? The great radio. I mean, shit. We have ass clowns in freaking sports, right? We don't have the great voices that we grew up on, like Kurt Gowdy and Pat Summerall and Jack Buck. No, we got his idiot son. Mm. You know, we where where are the great iconic voices, right? We don't have those in radio anymore. We're stuck with milk toast Ryan Seacrest, who's who's freaking stroking Kelly Ripa every morning. I don't get it. That's, that's, that's the, I I blame technology on that one because we now have, I mean, if need be, it's never happened before. And I I doubt that if it, if it ever gets to this point, then the company's in in some serious shit because they're asking me to do, uh, me to do something. But if we had the capability, like I could hop on to any, uh, radio station owned by Odyssey and hop on and be a DJ at that station here in Kansas city. So, um, I think it's watered. You know why there's no there's no great personalities coming up anymore because there's no pipeline for them anymore. Yeah, um, that's a good point. When radio is live twenty four seven, you earned your you you got your chops, man. Doing overnights, oh Jesus, doing the graveyard shifts, and man, mm-hmm. and you made your mistakes. Uh, but that's how you cut your teeth in this business. And then you were you did that for a while, and you got you know you 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 got over being nervous. Uh, you started to to get pretty good at it and develop personality and interact with the listeners and the callers, anybody that that, that reached out to you. Um, it was you developed your craft and then you were ready to move on to afternoons or do a morning show or something. But those opportunities aren't there, and um, it's I, I, I mean, it's sad, it, is what it is, Doug. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there's I, I, there the, the talent pool is shallow because that well had dried up decades ago and when you that, look at that's the problem right and when you look at sirius xm and early on good on them to go get those mtv vjs right oh brilliant move right but we're at the point where nobody knows who the fuck mark goodman is anymore or martin no. quinn or you know downtown Julie brown 
Right. Or five packs yeah. a day. Freaking what's her name? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Um, you know, and, and, uh, Alan Hunter, right. You, you know, uh, Vic, you, you just don't know who they are anymore. And, and for those of us who grew up on MTV, yeah, that was great in the beginning because it brought us over to stations like First Wave and 80s on 8 and that kind of thing. Those of us, the 120 minutes crowd, right? They they brought us all in. And and but the thing about the thing about them is they're playing the same stuff over and over and over and over again. And they even even the unique personalities they have like Madison and and some of the other folks you know, the best thing that they offer is the Saturday Night Safety Dance with DJ Bueller. And yeah. it's and, and he doesn't talk. Uh, I know. So, you know, it, it's it's really, really interesting. We're back to, uh, you know, craft work, right? I mean, when, when they start playing that, that trance shit on Saturday nights, you know, I disappear for a while. Um, but it, it, it's really interesting that even, even Sirius XM, you know, they brought in, you know, the Richard blades of the world who won't shut up about freaking Berlin and Terry Nunn. Uh, yeah. right. And you know, you've got Swedish Eagle who nobody outside of LA knew who the fuck that guy was. Swedish Eagle. Swedish Eagle. Right. And then, you know, beyond that, you know, they've got, they've, they, even even those personalities just don't don't resonate anymore. It's really weird. I I and where'd you go? Hey, I think Doug freaking we lost the phone connection. Hey, what do you know? We'll get Doug back here in a second. Um, you know, hey, here we go. What the hell was that? I don't know. You hung up or you, I lost you. And I don't edit shit. So that's going to be in the show. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, I think the, the dude with the cowboy hat found out where I was living. And he did something on my cell phone. He's seriously stalking know. you now. That freaking guy <laughs> showed up at your house. Um, but, no, uh, I think that, the, but, you know, these personalities, they're just, they, they can't do this forever. Um, and I don't think the satellite radio thing's. Uh, smart move to bring in the MTV VJs, like we just said, but I think it's it's lost its luster. And I mean, what what what's next? Like they can't do this forever. That's exactly um, right. You, just, you know what? You just hit the nail on the head. What's next? What's next? Um, uh, I mean, these those guys on on, on XM. I listen to it. Um, they're they're on what three or four channels each, if that, or or more. Right, you know? uh, right, because they're not just so they're already those. stretched thin, and eventually that's going to water down the product. And yeah, that's I think the number one problem with radio, both free local and satellite, is the watering down of the product because there's no room for autonomy and personality anymore. Boy, did you just Unfortunately. Hit the, you just hit the nail on the head. Autonomy no. and personality. And it goes back to, again, because Chris Ingalls and I talk about it all the time, about how we used to program that station like a college radio station, and we used to play shit that nobody had ever heard of before they, they made it big. And this goes back to my high school days with my, my friend John Paul back in Rochester, New York. We used to go to used record stores and just buy shit. We were listening yeah. to the the before anybody heard of the the, <laughs> right? And now Sirius XM plays like one song by the the, and they've got so much great material. 
and and it, it really drives me nuts when when you think about it that nobody from a radio standpoint is looking at what's next and and what is next to me is the dj goes bye-bye and it's just solid blocks of music and terrestrial radio does news and weather at the top of the hour and that's pretty much it uh you're lucky if you think you could get that on most uh local radio stations terrestrial radio i think you're lucky if you get a live weather update um, or even hell, even traffic. Um, we get that here out on KS- yeah. KOSW. And what's interesting yeah. is once a week they were interviewing the mayor, and she popped uh. and she popped off. Uh. Like like literally this week popped. I mean she's six. She's about to be six feet under. So oh my god, yeah, it was like this crazy thing, right? Every every week they would do like an hour with her. She'd call in, and then you know she'd talk about whatever, and then. Yeah, we just heard she died. It was really Jesus. weird. Yeah, I mean, there's only 6,700 fucking people live here. So, you know, I could be mad. Sounds like we got an opening for Jerry Knack now. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, I think I'm going to go volunteer at the radio station because I really think <laughs> they they need, like, a, a techno dance night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they need somebody to play some New Order and Cure and Depeche Mode and... You know all that. Oh yeah, all that, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, you know, Doug, it's uh, it, it's really interesting how the medium has evolved. And again, it's a community radio station, right? So it's it's you know I don't know who the hell pays for it, but listening to the local station here is almost like a breath of fresh air. It's like a throwback to another era, and I and. You know, as much as I like the satellite in the car, having this in my home office has been freaking phenomenal. Isn't that the magic of radio? I think yeah. that we forgot about that. We forgot about that. That that that's that's been lost in the last 20, 30 years of of turning it on and and God, I I, I can't I, I can't say this without kind of gritting my teeth, but the spirit of radio, rush. Um I'm not a big rush guy, but I mean, isn't that, isn't that the point of the radio is there's a magic to it. And yes. And that's why I host this podcast. It's, it's why Mm -hmm. I do this podcast because I miss radio. Right. And that's why I invested in some equipment here. Um, so I can, I can hear myself in my headphones like I used to in, in my old, old radio studio and radio days. Um, of all the things I did, for armed forces radio and television, I miss radio more than anything else. Right. I anchored the news. I did sports. I did weather. I did, I hosted talk shows on television, but it's radio that I miss the absolute most. And, you know, even if I, I, I'm serious. I'm going to try to, when I get more settled, I'm going to try to go volunteer at the radio station and, and get a show, but go for it. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, and and they stream online, so you, you'll be able to. You and Amy will be able to listen to me, and I will be really disappointed if you don't drag her on here for a few minutes and uh, and say hi. Um, but uh, but it's oh, really- right now I'm oh I think she's she's probably dude. It's Friday night. It's we have a two and a half year old. She's sleeping. Um, it, what time is it here? Ten o'clock. It's she's you're lucky. She- we're not. She's done. If, for the if night. she's she's in bed, she's got Seinfeld going on Netflix. She's been drilling on her pillow for, <laughs> for forty five minutes. So, 
I do find it funny yeah. that the one time you came out to the Bay Area and you went to the game and everything, um, she had to go to the uh, the full house oh, house rather yeah. than hang out with us and, and and you know do all that fun stuff. But you know, I had to go to San Francisco and do all that that fangirl stuff. Um, she had to do the full. Oh my God, Full House! Yeah, <laughs> and then we had to watch Fuller House on Netflix when that was a thing. Um, I, uh, you know, that's her thing. So, I love you guys uh, anyway. You know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, that but, wasn't. I never watched it as a kid, but I mean, she did. That whatever. I, but I mean, I don't care. It was, <laughs> it was cool to to go see the painted ladies and and oh shit, I forgot the name of that park, but Golden Gate uh, Park. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was cool just to walk around and see it. There she is. They took a picture in front of the pool house house. Um, at least I, the exterior I, of the I, pool re- house I remember. House. I remember. And uh, and you yeah. know, it, it's it's. I love you guys anyway. Uh, regardless of of that, uh, full house is one of the most insipid things ever put on television. But you know, I digress. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just it, it really cracks me up to think about how we became friends in the first place, how we met, um, the things that, that we bonded over. Um, one of the, the things about Kansas city, right? You, you touched on it early, early on in the show. And this is the small world that we live in, right? You talked about being a Kansas city Royals fan and you know, we won't talk about George Brett and the Yankees, but, um, <laughs> fucker. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, that was not a home run. Anyway, so <laughs> the thing about Kansas City, I always found, even going to places like Westport and hanging out with you guys, there were two Kansas Cities. Mm. And you know, you can go on a Friday or a Saturday night, and you can go to any number of eating establishments or night spots, and you could have this really cosmopolitan experience. And then Chiefs fans would like bus in from fuck Nebraska or God knows where the hell they were from. But the thing about, you know, Friday and Saturday night, Kansas city, I absolutely adore Sunday, Kansas city. I hate it. But, but the thing was, you know, let's talk about it for a second. You and you and Amy met in college. There was a, uh, like a community theater involved. Uh, like, like one of those old, old timey art deco film theaters yeah. cinemas, yeah. you know, and I have an affinity for, for those places too. When I was in high school, my earth science teacher bought a, a theater in Rochester, New York and renovated it. It was one of those old art deco spots. Uh, I've been to the Fox theater in Oakland. I've been to the Paramount in Oakland uh, and, and the Tracy grand in Tracy, California. They did this great, King Kong thing with and a stop motion exhibition and everything. Let's talk about that for a minute and talk about how critical the theater is to a community. Am mm. I wrong here? God, it's like uh, going the way of the dinosaur. They're, they're going extinct. Um, the Tivoli was the one in Kansas City here that um, right in the heart of Westport, right in the heart of Kansas City. Um, didn't you guys do something like to try to save the place? Yeah, they had. Uh, we'll see. Shit, they're shut down now. Uh, they they they're they're no more. Um, oh, but yeah, we 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 met in college and we had a bunch of film classes there. Um, 
they had like a uh, not a GoFundMe, the Kickstarter a few years ago. Uh, God, they had to go. To, they had they had the old school projectors, and they had to go digital because that's all Hollywood or all all the films were being. Nobody did the old projector style anymore, and at that time they had to go all digital, or they had to shut down. And they had a little Kickstarter thing, and you know we threw a few bucks here and there. Just it meant so much to us, like to see that go away. Um, and it, and it hurt. We they they had a, I think he the rent just got too damn <laughs> the rent got too damn high. Um, and I think he had to close down. Um, I don't even think anything is in it nowadays. I know they're trying to do something here in Kansas City at the Art Museum at the Nelson Atkins uh, Art Museum here in Kansas City, where there's like a there is a movie theater. I think we haven't been, unfortunately. There's already like a screen set up inside the museum, and I think they're trying to brand that as the new Tivoli Cinemas, and they they show some stuff maybe outdoors with COVID and stuff. Uh, they'll show some classic movies or, or something relevant to you know, on an anniversary of the 40th or 50th anniversary of a film or something. But, um, those old school art house theaters, man, they're just, uh, that's sad. Um, God, our best, some of our best memories were in that theater. Um, that's why I bring it up. Yeah. It's, I, I think I really outside of Kauffman stadium, going to Royals games here in, in town. I, I, I think that the next, our, our next favorite place was the Tivoli in Kansas city. And it's no more. Um, there's just no outlet going back to newer bands. Uh, we talked about that earlier. Uh, what are their, their artists? What are these, how do these younger artists get out and broadcast themselves when there's no outlet? When, when those, <laughs> you end up like Ed Sheeran on YouTube is, is what it boils down yeah. to. I mean, you know, or you end up on TikTok or one of these other platforms, right? I mean, yeah, I, you have to do something. And if that's, that's the way it is nowadays, but yeah, I, it, um, I'm so old school, man. I, I, yeah. God, there's just no, too and, much. no, and that's I, had, why, I didn't, that's why I, I had my phone for two weeks, like a month ago. And it kind of sucked for about half a day. I'm like, man, this is pretty fucking cool. Like I don't have to worry about, I'm not like I. I don't know. I didn't worry about social media. I didn't do it. Like I'm like this is. I, I can. I. I forgot what this is like. And then we're so. Now it's the only way for anybody to get notices on your damn phone. That's one of the reasons uh, I. I love you, brother. Is 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 the old school. We had a power outage here the other weekend. First one we've had since we moved to Washington. I cracked a book. I mean. I mean <laughs> You know, I'm like, fuck, I don't need TV. I don't need internet. Just, I mean, I could have got on my phone with, with, you know, LTE, Verizon, whatever. But no, I went and grabbed a book. And and, and I sat on the couch and read for like, you know, an hour or two. And I haven't, you know, I've been bad about reading this year. So, you know, no, you're you're 100% right. Our our, um, movie theater here in Ocean Shores uh, just got bought by the, the Ace Hardware next door. Um, and, and the theater, you know, we, we went to go see, uh, no time to die. The, the latest James Bond film and, uh, the movie theater straight out of 1985. Uh, it's not awesome. Yeah. It's not like the, the one we went to before that had the reclining bucket seats and, uh, you get a reserve and whatever. Yeah. You know, and, uh, there's like three people working there and there's three screens. It's great. 
the popcorn's but, a little stale and it's, it's, it's just fine. The, 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 the Coke's a little flat, but that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You couldn't be more right. And you know, we, my, uh, I took Noah and, uh, we had a, we had a good time and, you know, and, it, and we didn't mind sitting there for almost three hours watching this movie. And, and yeah. the seat was just comfortable enough that, that you weren't wriggling around in your seat. And, um, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it's not the biggest screen in the world. It wasn't, you know, this posh experience. It was, it was something straight out of watching a midnight movie in 1986. You know, it, it, it I, I always like to say there's no school like the old school. <laughs> yep. And, and exactly right, man. You know, I get dragged a little bit for being as nostalgic as I am and, and that kind of thing. But you know, there's, there's a charm and I like that word. There's a mm. charm to this stuff. Just like dropping a, a vinyl record on the turntable and putting that needle on and hearing it, you know, that popping that hiss as soon as you put it on and then the first note hits. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a charm to it. Just like radio, right? Just like just like talking about talking about you called it magic, right? I'll, I'll call it charm. It's that that charm that you know the the good thing about the station here is the personalities, right? They're they're consistent, right? It's the same people every day or every week, and you're like, it's it's uh it's like um that comfortable pair of slippers. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Right. I mean, I watch a lot of Turner classic movies, right? I, I love, my, and you know, how I love my old horror films and, and you guys too, right? I mean, you guys love the old universal films too. And, uh, you know, we, we, we trade social media posts and, and texts about that kind of thing all the time. And, you know, to be able to watch Turner classic movies, um, we ditch cable, cut the cord and went straight internet. My reasoning was because on cable, we weren't getting it in high def. And now we're getting TCM East and TCM West in high def. And that, yeah. to me, was worth doing Hulu live, Hulu with live TV alone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, what? what's funny is, like I said, you are a little bit, you guys are a little bit younger than I am. Um, the fact that you're old school, you have a, a taste and a flavor uh, for for this nostalgic stuff is, is one of the reasons I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> love you too, man. Yeah. This has been great. You know, a lot of people who listen to the show say, you know, it's like I'm listening to uh, a phone conversation between two buddies or two friends. I'm like, that's the fucking point. Yeah. It's the whole idea behind the podcast, right? It's the whole idea behind the show. I never like it to be an interview. I never like it to be, you know, formal. It's always just a conversation. And this, I think this might be only the second time we've ever spoken on the phone in the whole time we've known each other. Yeah. We were always at like texting or, or tweeting or something. and uh, Or meeting up in person. Or meeting up in person and drinking a lot of gin and whiskey. Um there, yeah, you were. I don't know. I think I, I think we were texting or something, just because I knew you were kind of in the process of moving or something. And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Sell my house, moving up north." I'm like, "What?" And then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I think you picked up the phone, or I, I don't know who called each other, but who called who? But 
it was the first thing I said, like, Jerry, this is the first time we've ever talked on the phone, man. Yeah, like, it was is... easier to explain what the hell we did yeah, over the yeah. phone rather than trying to text it, right? So Yeah, so I think this is only our second phone conversation, but... This might be. Um, this I, I mean, I know it is. It, yeah, <laughs> but... Uh... No, and, and, and that's great. And, uh, you know, again, back to the whole, you know, we trade cards, we send send actual mail to each other which is you know that's something my wife angie is like why the fuck do you do this anymore it's like i love getting christmas cards i love it and when i got your halloween card the other day i was like "Ooh, i got mail (laughs) never underestimate the power of a handwritten note no 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 i asked my friend john paul i said you know does anybody send letters anymore he goes yeah if you're a psychopath (laughs) okay Oh, well, that explains it. Well, yeah. We always, you end up institutionalized. And they were group, so it makes sense that we're the psychopaths. They're, right. They're, yeah. Yeah, well. yeah. And then, you know, you end up institutionalized after that. So, <laughs> Doug, this has been great. I mean, we should have done this a long time ago, and yeah, I think I yeah. might have mentioned it to you a while ago, and then we just never, never revisited it. But, you know, uh, I'm glad I texted <laughs> last night. And, uh, cause, yeah. Because Amy was great. She she sent me a happy Veterans Day text, which is yeah. fantastic. She never fails to to remember um, that I spent ten years uh, in the U.S. Navy. Um, and again, if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't have the radio, wouldn't have the TV. You know, it's funny. And the last thing I'll I'll mention uh, before we uh, close the show, there was a guy, Jim Mason Foley. He was an Air Force guy. And he used to invite me on the sports talk show he created. And I, and I used to make a regular fool out of myself, but for whatever reason, the guy said, why don't you host the show after I transfer? Hmm. And he showed me that I could have a career in sports, which somehow, some way led me to my dream job with the Oakland Raiders my favorite mm-hmm. football team, which led me to become friends with an Amy Bledsoe, who is now Amy Anderson, married to Doug Anderson. And you guys have become two of my best friends on the planet. So it's funny how the, all this shit works. Crazy, isn't it? It is. You can't, it you, can't, really... you can't map it out. There's no. no way. No, not at all. Not at all. And for us being so old school, if it wasn't for Twitter, we never would have hooked up, man. So right, right. I mean, I mean isn't that crazy to, to sit here and kind of we're, we're belittling, you know, the internet and, and down album downloads and streaming, and then here we are, like, oh yeah, well, if it wasn't for social media, we wouldn't even we wouldn't have been never connected. So exactly, um, it's just it's it's crazy. Yep, got to get you up here to the Pacific Northwest. You got to come see. And here's the other uh, thing. Here here's the crazy thing, right? I am not big on ceremonial titles, right? I mean, if you're not a relation, a true relation, I don't really care for calling people aunts, uncles, whatever. I am honored to be your daughter's honorary uncle. Yeah. Well, we will get, we will, we, we will come visit you one day when we, when we can get out again. Um, (laughs) I, as a, as a, as a father, you know, having a, having a child changes everything. And I mean, that's, that's a cliche, but God damn, it's true, man. Like it's, uh, and we, we just, just tonight, like how my wife and I's relationship is, has just changed now. Like we used to just, 
And we go to the movies whenever we felt like it. On a Tuesday night, we'd stay up till one o'clock, watch the movies, or just hanging out or doing something stupid. Or same now time, it's like put the baby in bed at eight o'clock. It's like mm-hmm. okay, and then eight thirty, I'm moving from our bed to her crib, and then nine o'clock, we're in bed, and and by nine fifteen, we're snoring. I mean, and then we're up at six o'clock. I mean, it's just everything has changed, man. And and <laughs> I I had a laugh. We're trying to Christmas shop for each other. And I mean, at this point in our relationship, it's like, what do you just tell me what you want? I'll go get it. Send me a link to what you want and I'll buy it. So, uh-huh. so Amy, Amy is, Amy's on the toilet tonight and she, I'm just, she's doing, <laughs> she's doing her thing and my phone beeps and there's a link to, uh, to Macy's to buy this, to buy this shirt that she wanted. I'm like, that is how, that this is, this is how parenting is, I guess, in, in this day and age and, and Christmas shopping with a kid. It's, when you're on the crapper, you're going to text your husband what you want for Christmas, and he's going to buy it for you right then and there. So, <laughs> I remember. So we're going to come full circle. I remember that night at the Hereford House or whatever the fuck it was called, and when Mr. Cowboy and Mr. Bad Date. I remember that night asking you guys when you were going to have children, and mm-hmm. you were like, you both were like. We're, we're after this. We're we're trying. We're 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 going for it. And I don't within within a year. You you guys texted yeah. me or or whatever it was. Yeah. And we're like yeah. bingo bango. We're having a kid. Yeah. And I couldn't have been happier for you guys. And uh, and my niece Kate is adorable. Um, do you guys still have a dog? I can't remember. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Before you, kid, do you still write books, Jerry? I, I yeah, I've written a book or two. I, <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was so funny. You guys used to put up all these pictures of the damn dog, and then the kid came along and it's like, "Fuck the dog," and then, <laughs> and then, and then I'd be like, "Yeah, you, you get, did you guys get a dog?" And you're like, "Did you write a book?" Because um, I do tend to post about my books quite often. Um, but yeah, good point. Fuck you. Um, but <laughs> congrats on the on the new deal and the, oh, and the re-release of your I, books. Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I got to get you an autographed copy of the uh, the, the revised edition. Of One the, that doesn't have a copy stain on it from the Hereford House. That would be great. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck off! Go fuck yourself! Oh god! Yeah, I forgot about that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> like coffee was going to sober us up after that. Yeah, night. right, right. Yeah, after uh, that night and, and Captain Cowboy who left his data. Oh Jesus, um, Doug, this has been great. We should have done this a long time ago. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank my my dear friend, one of my best friends in the whole world. Doug Anderson, he's a DJ. He's we didn't even talk about your work in uh, in the nonprofit space, but you know he's yeah. helping he's helping kids freaking get dental care or some shit. Um, and he's also uh, uh, unfiltered on Twitter. Follow him at Tiny Stonehenge. Um, we didn't even get the, the what the hell that means. Um, but uh, Doug, Spinal and, tap. what's that? Spinal tap. Yeah, Spinal yeah, tap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, fair. Got it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so anyway, uh, Tiny Stonehenge on Twitter, Twitter provocateur who has no filter, will offer his opinion on anything and will 
cuss you out if you piss him off. Um, oh, I'm too old for that shit. Now I got a kid. I can't do that. Ah, oh, Jesus. All right. It softens you, doesn't it? Just a little bit. Anyway, say hi to your wife, Amy, for me, and uh, and and make sure my niece knows who the hell I am. Uh, this is going to do it for this edition of the Get the Knack podcast for my good friend, Doug Anderson. I have been Jerry Knack. We will catch you next time.